This baby belongs to us. No, to me. He belongs to himself. He's not the subhuman thing you've made him. Bobby! everyone, welcome to a new episode of Exploit It. I'm Alexis Chavsky. I am certainly not wearing an adult diaper flying in a crib. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> I'm Kevin Daly. And this week we are talking about The Baby from 1973, directed by Ted Post. There wasn't enough room in Toyland to escape the terror that rocked Baby's cradle. I notice you call him Baby. And the case history doesn't show any other name. What is his real name? Just Baby. To Baby, life was not a giant playpen. It was a living hell. He wasn't allowed to walk, he wasn't allowed to talk, but he was capable of it. Baby is a full-grown man trapped by three women with no way out. Circus. Mm-hmm. They wanted to put him in a sideshow. We should have said yes. You're calling your brother a freak. Oh, Mama. I just thought it'd be better that way. Three. Oh. Close the door. I just wanted to face you one more time to tell you that you're sick. You're the one who needs help, not baby. That's just so much horse. You want him for yourself. Well, agency or no agency, you ain't gonna get him. Because baby belongs to us. No, to me. He belongs to himself. He's not the subhuman thing you've made him. International release, starring Angelette Comer, Ruth Roman, Mariana Hill, Suzanne Zenor, and David Manzi as Baby. Rated PG. This is a movie. It 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 is a movie. So Ted Post, he uh, he did a lot of theater and television. He did some movies. He did Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Oh. Okay. And he did Magnum Force, which was the first Dirty Harry sequel. Okay. And I think one thing that this movie that made it like really exploitive uh-huh. was, did you ever see that 
did the the movie poster for it? I did not see the movie poster for it. I don't think. Let me send you the poster real quick. So it's got the baby crib, but it's got that one girl in like this little baby doll outfit with a stuffed animal, making it look all oh. sexy. Yeah. Well, there are some weird things that go on in this movie. So yeah, the tagline of what goes on in this nursery is not for kids. It, yeah. It Ew. seems really cringy. Because <laughs> this movie, well, we start with Anne, played by Anjanette Comer. She's looking through a file as the credits play. And it's full of baby pictures of this boy. And he keeps growing up, but, but staying a baby. All the way to adulthood, just still in diapers and a playpen and all of that. Because this character, Baby, that's his name, <laughs> is an adult yeah. baby. Which is a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's the ABDL, Adult Baby Diaper Lover Fetish. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is a fetish for everything, let's be honest. Yeah, and then there's different, um, it's not subgenre, but there are parts of BDSM that are like <laughs> Daddy Dom, Little Girl, or Mommy Dom and Little Boy. Yeah. That uh, basically a lot of the BDSM community is just uh, LARPing. Because <laughs> that's all it is, it's dressing up and playing roles. <laughs> That's true. Yep. But we get our social worker here, Anne. She arrives at the Wadsworth house. You know, she's going to be their new caseworker. And she meets the first daughter, Alba, who's dressed rather immature in this, like, tennis outfit. Yeah. She got, like, a baseball. Yeah, it's a baseball. But then we learn more about, like, she coaches tennis, apparently. We never see her actually play tennis or coach tennis. No. And we meet the mother. Mrs. Wadsworth. And this is, she is the purpose for this Mother's Day episode. This mother, the actress is Ruth Roman, and she was like a top-billed actress in the 40s and 50s. Uh-huh. Uh, she did a lot of noir. She was the femme fatale in a lot of noir films. Huh. She was in Hitchcock, Strangers on a Train and stuff. And she fucking owns this movie. Yeah. She's awesome. I mean, the character is terrible and vile, but this actress sells it. Yeah. I mean, well, you need a you need an antagonist, you know. I always say, like, it, it you can't have good protagonists, good heroes without good villains, right? Yeah, and when she there's a reason why everyone the reason everyone likes Batman is not because Batman is cool. Batman not that cool. Sorry, Asher, my nephew. Uh, the Joker, however, is awesome. Oh yeah, and a perfect mirror to Batman. Without Joker, Batman's nothing. Yeah, he's just beating up thugs. He's beating up poor people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we also meet the other daughter, Jermaine, who is a uh, more seventies-looking adult woman. Yes, I mean nineteen seventies. <laughs> right? Yeah, nineteen seventy. Right. So Anne gets to know them because we we haven't met the child that she's there for yet. Only that, uh, oh, the you county people only stop by about twice a year, and that Anne made a special effort to get this assignment. She's quite interested in this. And that their only income, apparently, is what they get for this baby. Yeah, that's what she says, anyway. Yeah, that uh, Alba will pick up, like, some tennis lessons that we never see, and Jermaine sometimes works in a commercial or something. Yeah, I guess she's an actress or yeah. something. And that all these girls, well, these two girls and this baby all have different dads. Yeah. That, uh, that we get used to being without a man, which is important because this movie... Hates men. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I guess it does. I never really thought about that watching it, but I think you you are you are correct. 
these women are misandrists that like apparently Mrs. Wadsworth has been left by men and she's raised her children to just fucking hate the penis. I uh I actually don't have any issue with this. We've watched so many movies where it's misogynist. It's only fair. It's a nice change of pace. Yeah, it's a nice change of pace. So we finally meet Baby, who's like 21 years old, sleeping in a crib, doing baby talk. This actor, David Mooney? Yes. Well, he was a theater actor. He hasn't done a whole lot of film. But he sells this baby role. Yeah. Yeah, like, man, that's a tough role to get into, right? Yeah. Um, in preparation, he did a lot of observation of special needs children, and he also shaved his whole body. So, uh, method acting the baby. Got it. Yep. Uh, you know what? Respect. That's a tough role to play. Yeah, and they, they have to use lotion and massage him every day, or his legs will go bad because he, he can't walk. Right. He can crawl like a baby, but I guess atrophy will set in if you ain't using your legs that much. Anne keeps visiting, because we get another scene where she's playing with Baby, and they're like, it's your third time here in a week. Yeah, to the point where she's kind of ignoring her other clients. Yeah, even her boss calls her out, like, you're missing other important cases. And she tells her boss, she's like, I'm gonna save this baby. You know, that there's some sort of criminal thing going on here. So she goes to visit Baby one time when the mom's not there. She's at Bridge Club, apparently. Oh, right, yeah. And so it's just Jermaine who does not trust Anne alone with Baby. Right. And Anne keeps, like, pushing all these questions, put, putting, like, he seems intelligent. He's alert. Perhaps he can he can learn things. And she she's testing his capabilities with this ball. And then Jermaine turns around and starts asking about Anne's life. And we learn a bit about her husband. Where yeah. she, she speaks of her husband in the part past tense. Roger was an architect. You know, and, oh, did you say was? Oh, yeah, there was a terrible accident. And she leaves it at that. Yeah, it's it's very ambiguous what happened. Is she, is she like, in mourning and, like, in that denial stage of grief where she doesn't want to admit she's dead? Is he just no longer an architect anymore? You know, he said she was an architect. Is the accident caused him just not to be able to be an architect anymore? Uh, you know, so there's some ambiguity here about her husband's status. Yeah. And then um, the conversation with Jermaine gets like really weird here. Because Jermaine's like, do you like physical exercise? It's almost like she's flirting with her. Almost. Um, because That was the vibe I got. Though it never gets followed up on. So maybe it was just the way the scene was written was kind of off. Yeah. Because Jermaine keeps trying to get more information about Anne. And Anne keeps tossing out little things. But then trying to get more information about Baby. Because Jermaine will be like, what's your sign? And Anne will well, be Jer like, I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> Jermaine is the the weak link of the, the family. Kind she's of, the yeah. One who's, she's the one that's kind of the uh, the most sympathetic to the situation for reasons that will become clear in a very strange way. Yeah. But she still threatens uh, Anne, because Anne's like, I'm a Scorpio, I'm cautious. And then Jermaine's like, Scorpios aren't really cautious. They're just dangerous. Right. We get Anne at home because she lives with her mother-in-law, which took me a second viewing to get. The first time I thought it was like a lover because they do kind of give that vibe. Yeah. And they're watching slideshows of her of Anne and her husband. And Anne just starts crying about like, we're beautiful. Why did it have to happen? 
You know, your son was everything to me. Everything's my fault. The whole accident. Blah, cry, cry, cry. I think he's dead. Yeah, they, they really try to sell that he's dead. And then we get the scene where a baby has a babysitter. Yes. And she's on the phone with her boyfriend. And here we get a little bit of misogyny, but it's presented to show that men are shit. Right. The casual misogyny. Because she's on the, the phone with her boyfriend and she's like annoyed. She's like, what kind of question is that? Of course I'm wearing panties. Fuck you. <laughs> That's right. And she's like, I, I gotta go take care of the baby. Yeah, I'll take them off just for you. Fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you could hear the eyes rolling. <laughs> yeah. And so she goes and she changes the baby's wet diaper, which has to be weird. We don't really see it. Thankfully. And then um, The movie's weird enough without, like explicit <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. I don't have to say you're like wiping his it's it's taint. Poop yeah. taint. Adult man poop taint. Yeah. Pulling back the foreskin oh. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. It might that might have been a bit much. But she starts playing with the baby, like rolling a ball around and he smashes his head in a on the wall. And so he's crying and crying. She's trying to comfort him and it turns into a breastfeeding scene. Yeah. And um, I'm conf- she's not even, she doesn't have milk. She's just letting him suckle. Right. And I'm like, is he doing this because he's a baby? Or did the diaper change arouse him? And this is the only way he knows how to express that arousal? Why yes. is she going along because of her dirty talk with her boyfriend? Yeah, it's it's an odd scene. It's never followed up on. No, because the uh, the walls. So we never were... really, yeah. So we never really understand if. Oh, hold on just a second. Oh, okay. Speaking of babies. Sorry, she. Uh, speaking of diaper changes. Yeah. She pooped herself. Ah, babies do that. Yes. Including a a, adult babies. Yes. Give it a second here for her to get all. Calm down after the change. Calm down. Yeah. I think she's hungry, too. Like, oh. she always is. My my little potato is always hungry. Yeah, I was talking earlier tonight about uh, children and bedtimes. Yeah. And it was like, but babies don't really have a bedtime. <laughs> no, they have times. Yeah. They just, babies just do what they feel like. They don't have a concept of time. <laughs> no. Or a concept of self right now. Well, yeah, it takes a while for that to develop. I know. Right now she's a, right now she's an appendage for her mother. Yeah, that's what babies are for the first while of their life. And it's depressing because the only time she really lets me hang out with her is when I'm feeding her like a bottle. Ah. Uh. And then I try to like snuck. She'll be like asleep. I'll try to you know hold her, and then she'll wake up and get mad that I'm not her mom. Yeah, I had that with Lily all the time. <sighs> she'll grow out of it eventually. Right now it's a little frustrating. Yep. But back to this I movie. Think- yeah, I think I think she'll be calm enough now to not completely scream into my into my mic. So the uh, the Wadsworth women come home to yes. to do the uh, the babysitter breastfeeding, and she panics. She and she's put, putting her her blouse back together, and she's like, "Oh, nothing happened." And Mrs. Wadsworth has this line. She's like, "Nothing happened with your damn tit in your mouth, and you call with it with your damn tit in his mouth, and you call that nothing, you lying bitch." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, it's weird. You assume that even though he's been, like, psychologically abused, 
you know, well, we don't know if he's mentally disabled or if he's or autistic or psychologically abused or what he is at this point. But. Well, that's a very specific disability because even autistic people, they don't quite age regress like this. Yeah, we don't really know what his status is. We know later that he's, he's just being psychologically and physically abused. But uh, so under the, you know, knowing that, like, he presumably has adult male reactions to things. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I, it, it's a weird scene. And they never follow up on it or explain it, so we just kind of left with it. Yeah, uh, they just beat the hell out of the babysitter. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, if you think about it, that's a relatively reasonable reaction. If you come in and find the babysitter, like essentially molesting your baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the you know, knowing as the audience, knowing the details of the film, not as reasonable, but in the context of the scene itself, it makes sense. Yeah, because we don't know everything about baby yet. Right. We still, like, is this an act that they're doing just to get money from the county? Is this kid disabled or, you know, what kid is 21 years old? (laughs) Yeah, this guy. Yeah, we don't really know the situation fully yet. So Anne stops by again to play with Baby, and this time Alba's there alone. And Anne's like, I want to be your friend, Alba. And, you know, if we're friends, we can help your brother... And we learned that, you know, because she asks, how do you punish him? We spank him. I mean, that was that was considered relatively normal in, what, 73 when this movie came out? Yeah. That was considered a reasonable and normal thing at that time. And then, we uh, uh, generally look down upon that now, but... But at the time, yeah. That uh, wouldn't have been shocking to anybody at the time. And that even Alba is determined not to leave Anne alone with the baby. Toward the fact that the phone is ringing... And Alba's not going to answer it, even though Anne's like, are you going to get that? It could be important. And then um, eventually Alba does go to get the phone, and that's when Anne takes her opportunity to try and teach Baby to stand up. Right. And that causes problems. Yeah, because Ma shows up. (laughs) Yeah, Mom shows up. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? He can't stand. Stop trying to make him stand. And big fight. Anne's like, you know, we we should put him in a clinic for the... uh, they use the outdated language and say the retarded. Which is a clinical term. Yeah. Um, we just don't use it as much in common speech these days, especially as an insult. Right. Well, I don't, and I don't, in, in this case, she's not using it as an insult. Yeah. And Anne's like, we have to try, we have to try, just give your son a chance, you know, maybe he can develop. And she leaves. And that's when they punish the shit out of baby. Oh, yeah. God damn. Good old cattle prod is, uh kind of rough yeah alba's taking the cattle prod to him and just like baby doesn't walk baby doesn't talk baby doesn't stand and just shocking the shit out of him yeah alba's a a horrible person she is then we get this one odd scene that's at night yeah where baby's sleeping and then jermaine goes into there and um she takes her clothes off and gets in the crib with him yeah and i'm like the implications are this is definitely sexual. Yes. She's banging her baby half-brother. Yeah. That's that's really what it's saying. Yep. And he doesn't. Does he know? Does he conceive of what's going on? Who knows? It's never brought up again either. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh, this is a thing that happened. Yeah. Then we get the, the Greenview School for Exceptional Children. And this whole sequence makes everything seem a bit too real. Because it's actually special needs children at a school. Oh, yeah. Weren't they criticized for 
exploiting special needs kids in the school? Probably. I mean, but it's not like they make them do anything. It's just, it looks almost like documentary footage. Because these kids are just normal playtime. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like they're abusing them or like pointing, poking fun or. No, they're not. They're, they're just being normal kids, you know? And, uh, but it hits hard after we get a sexual scene with baby and then go to actual disabled. Children. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. And, you know, is watching and she's heartbroken, you know, like she wants to help every child or something. What's her deal is my question there. <laughs> yeah. And so she's talking to like the, the administrator of the school uh-huh. about baby. And she has a line here of, can you think of anything more horrible than being buried alive? Right. Which we will follow through on that line later. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yeah, and she explains that he's like this normal, full-grown man trapped without a way out. You know, each of these children in the Wadsworth family, the, the two bitchy daughters and baby, all different men, all abandoned, and that this mom is probably taking revenge on the only male member of the family. Right, that's the, that's the implication, yeah. Yeah, and that they're probably keeping him regressed through, you know, abuse, which we know they are. Right. So Anne shows up, you know, because they miss their appointment with this school. And so Anne, Anne calls, actually. She's like, hey, why didn't you come to this appointment at the, the school for special kids? And they're like, oh, Mama changed her mind. Have you talked to your supervisor today? Yeah. Because <laughs> things are taking a sinister turn. Yes, they are. And then um, I have a random note here about this office that they're in, that this dude has a painting of a train, but it's like the most pathetic-ass train it's got an engine, one tiny, tiny coal car, and then the caboose. I'm like, the fuck is up with this sucky train? That is a sad train. Yeah. But anyway, Ann calls her supervisor. It's like, oh yeah, they complained about you and we pulled you off this case. So Ann goes directly to the Wadsworth house to just square off with them. Pretty ballsy move. And she's like, you people are fucking sick. You're the ones that need help, not baby. I'm going to get the law involved, and I'll get legal custody. Shit is on, women. <laughs> That's right. And they're like, you damn bitch, it's my baby. He belongs to himself. He's not the subhuman thing you made him. Well, what the hell brings you back here again? I can understand your surprise, Mrs. Wadsworth. After going behind my back and telling ridiculous lies, you were expecting someone else. You're damn right. You're not our worker anymore. I just wanted to face you one more time to tell you that you're sick. You're the one who needs help, not baby. Okay, you said it. Now get off my property. You guys in trouble again, Mama? You keep quiet. Now you, get away from here or I'll call the cops and have them take you away. I'm going to fight you, Mrs. Wadsworth, with the only weapon I have, the law, for the legal custody of baby. Now you just go ahead and try, honey. There's an agency that works to protect people. It's called a public guardian office, and you will be hearing from them. They can't do anything to us. They can investigate everything. Mrs. Wadsworth, do you think your treatment of baby can stand up to that? That's just so much horseshit. You want him for yourself. Well, agency or no agency, you ain't gonna get him. Because baby belongs to us. No, to me. 
He belongs to himself. He's not the subhuman thing you've made him. And once I report what I know, it's just a matter of time before Baby is taken away from all of you. You damn bitch. I'll be seeing you, Mrs. Wadsworth. In court. And then we get uh, Anne at home with mother-in-law. And they're building a pool in their backyard. Yeah. I guess being a uh, incompetent social worker really fucking pays the bills. Well, I think she's just living off of her husband's pension or maybe some insurance. sort of disability <laughs> insurance. Because I think it's established early on that she, because they ask, oh, how do you dress so nice? Oh, I spent all my ma- paycheck on it. Yeah. My husband's an architect. I guess he paid, was making more money. Then maybe uh, the mother-in-law had money, like old it's money or true. something. Yeah, I mean, their house is pretty nice. Yeah, and so the uh, one of the girls calls Anne to invite her, like, hey, let's let's bear the hatchet. Baby's having a birthday party tomorrow. Why don't you come over to this birthday party? And we get this fucking birthday party. <laughs> oh, yeah. What the hell? Like, okay, I can understand it's all set up for a birthday party, but there's actually a party happening, but it, it, it sure as hell ain't no kid's birthday party. No, I mean, the kid gets to have some cake. Yeah, but all these adults are just, like, going around getting drunk and hitting on each other. That it's just like a normal, normal-ass adult party, really. You have, you have, you have 70s guy Dennis. <laughs> oh, Dennis, the skin freak. Yeah. Because he goes up to Anne and he's like, hey, you have beautiful skin. That is not a great uh, pickup line, I, I don't think. And then he wanders off smoking weed while Jermaine goes, oh, ignore him. He's just a skin freak. Am I not- Very weird, yeah. And I'm like, creepy fucking people hitting on girls at a disabled kid's birthday party? The fuck? 70s guy. <laughs> yeah. And their whole goal is uh, Jermaine and Alba, they're all trying to get Anne drunk. But Anne's like, no, no, this is important. I'm not going to have anything to drink. So she starts playing darts with Jermaine, you know, and she is like out to win. It's like really super competitive, this dart game. And she makes the mistake of leaving her drink unattended, you know, so Alba swipe swaps it out for a spiked one. Yeah, of course. Meanwhile, we have Mrs. Wadsworth getting all of this praise for being a good mama to baby and just, like, Munchausen by proxy kind of playing it up. Know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, poor me, woe is me with this cursed child that I love and I'm such a good mother. And everyone's (laughs) like, oh, yeah, you are. Oh, my life is such, you know. Yeah. So they, uh. They finally get Anne drunk enough to where they could take her ass upstairs and tie her up. But 70s guy Dennis, he's like, what you ladies doing in there? So they have to have Alba go out and keep keep the horny perv occupied. Which, that's interesting the way she does. Because um, he's like, I'll do anything to get to paradise. And she has this, this lighter. Yeah. And she's like, if you can hold your, your finger in this flame for a minute, you know, we'll, we'll do it. And he, he doesn't. He's like, I did it it's for a few seconds. And yeah. she's like, eh, I hate you. Go away, Dennis. And that's where I have another note of, this movie really hates men. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Dennis kind of deserves it. He gets off pretty easy, given <laughs> given what this family is capable 
But he's the only significant male character we've had outside of Baby. Right. And he's cringe as fuck. Yeah, well, is he 70s guy. So Baby's kind of aware that something is up, you know, and goes to check on Anne. And Anne has to, like, really convince Baby to get her free. Yep, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 vibes here. Yeah. Yeah, it is like that scene with uh, Stretch and Leatherface. Yeah, a lot less... uh... A lot less gory, but uh, the in, same vibe. In fact, some of the same dialogue. Are you good? Are you a good boy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And speaking of which, meanwhile, Alba's sending Dennis away, telling him, go be a good cannibal and find yourself another midnight snack. That's right. Well, he is a skin freak, apparently. But Anne does get away with Baby, and she slashes their tires so they can't chase her down. And so, uh, do you think she she goes to her boss or or social services to to explain what's going on? Nope. In fact, nothing happens for a while, and eventually, you know, the girls are like, "Why hasn't the police come? Why hasn't she called anybody?" And Mrs. Wadsworth's like, "Why would she? She got what she wants. She wants baby, and she got baby." And mom's super depressed now, to where you can you get the impression she really does love this baby. That it's not an abusive thing, really. Like, from her perspective. Right, this isn't... She's not a sadist. She's not a sadist. And in fact, at one point, she chides Jermaine for using a cattle prod on Baby. And so yeah, she's actually fairly protective of him. Yeah, and then Alba comes in, and it's like, we should have let the circus take him. And she's like, you're calling your brother a freak, you fucking bitch! You know, because she really does love Baby. And then we well, get... It's the old, well, there's only one way the man will never leave me, sort of shit. Anne and the uh, the mother-in-law have a uh, conversation about, like, hey, are you really going to go through with this, Anne? Aren't you worried that you'll be like them? And Anne's like, no, no, I'll never be like them. So she dresses baby up in a in a suit and takes photos and writes a letter to the Wadsworth family that she's in the process of making baby into a grown man, that he's sensitive and intelligent person and growing up. So that's that's what... Gets the Wadsworth women to get to, to go find out where she lives and steal baby back. And so they show up at night, and I really like the bluesy guitar suspense music as the Alba and Jermaine are breaking in. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's always a good idea to split the party, too, right? Yeah, because they all split up. Not, not, they're not baiting. It's not a bait at all. Yeah, and you, you hear baby crying, but they can't find where his crying is coming from. And they just wander around the house going, baby, baby. Until eventually, Mrs. Wadsworth's like, what the fuck are they doing? And she goes inside, and she sees Geraldine, like, at the top of the stairs with her throat fucking slit, just on the banister. I'm like, that escalated quickly. Yeah, and then Alba stumbles out of her room, stabbed in the back. It's like, I'd like to point out, at this point in the movie, it has been very mild. It's not a violent film, with the very exception of this last ten minutes of the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the only violence we had before this was the cattle prodding. Well, yeah. and beating up the babysitter. Yeah, yeah, relatively bloodless. Yeah, the babysitter got a bit of a bloody nose out of it. But yeah, relatively, relatively, relatively tame up to this point. And then uh, Anne and Mom fight with a hatchet. Yeah. And then uh, the mother-in-law pops out, and they fucking push Mrs. Wadsworth off the second floor, break her leg, because she's like, my leg! And instead of killing her, they drag her outside to the pool that's still under construction. 
and like the daughters are dead and um you know the mom's still alive going my baby what are you doing with my baby you bitch and they bury her alive yep with her dead children as is foreshadow yeah that escalated quickly yeah it gets even weirder because now it's like the next day or some no it's not the next day it's sometime later where Anne takes baby out of a closet and's like are you going to be good now to where she's kind of becoming them yeah she leaves this baby in the closet all night and she she's like come on let's go to the nursery where we see her husband her fucking brain damaged lobotomized husband it looks a little like Johnny Knoxville, and it kind of disturbed me. Oh, yeah, he does, kind of, now that you mention it. And then um, he's, like, playing with blocks, and she's like, Oh, you my best worker? Are you putting up a new building? I'm like, the guy used to be an architect, and now he's playing with blocks, and you're like, Oh, cute baby. Wifey loves her big baby husband. Then yeah, bring- I wanted to play. Wanted to get him a playmate. Yeah, it's like, here's your playmate, you know, and they got the pool going now, and so she gives them um, floaties and takes them all out, and she's just splashing around with her fucking grown babies in a fucking ABDL sandwich there. Yeah. (laughs) And my notes are like, the fucking ending. Having a fucking baby sandwich in the pool, and mother-in-law is just watching and smoking a cigarette going, Oh, it's so happy. Yeah. My husband is in this weird fucking fetishist polyamorous thing that this mad woman put together. This fucking movie. It's a solid movie, like you said. I mean, it's it's well-crafted. It's well-acted. It's shot well. Score's good. It's just a very odd subject matter. It's a very strange movie with a very strange ending. Yeah. Would you rather have this or the 9 p.m. taco shop coffee? Watch. I'd watch this again. I mean, I wish they had extrapolated a little bit more on some of the the weirder scenes in the movie. Yeah. It seems weird to have, like, the adult baby's half-sister come in and essentially, like, molest and rape him. And then never to bring it up again. Like it's just like, oh, that's just a thing that happened. Other than the fact that that's probably what Anne is doing now. Yeah. But again, not addressed, not brought up, no one cares. Ah, the 70s, I, I guess. Yeah, and we don't really get babies, like, feelings about anything. Yeah, he has no agency, which, yeah. I mean, well, one thing, like, when you have those caregiver little relationships that, like, Daddy Dom stuff a lot of the ones that fall into that are autistic yeah and that's not like anything against autistic people it's just they um there is a comfort in having a caregiver for one thing oh yeah and b a lot of doms take advantage of autistic people because they're they're, they can be more easily manipulated huh i'm not not aware of anything in that scene so oh i've I don't mean I've dabbled in the scene, but I've talked to people that are in the scene. I mean, I had a friend that was a, a little in a relationship. Yeah. Um, didn't do diapers, but definitely did the age regression thing. Ah. Uh, so, I mean, look, as long as you're consenting adults, I mean, do what you're going to do. But Yeah. Hard for me to, to, to grasp that. And in this one, they're not really consenting adults. 
baby is tortured into becoming age regressed, and then the, the husband, well, he he's actually brain damaged. Yeah, I don't think either of those people would be considered capable of of consenting to anything. Yeah, and that we get Anne is basically just as bad as those women then. Right. I think with therapy and the room to develop, baby could probably develop into somebody who has agency, but her husband is brain dead. Well, the other thing is, like, is he even disabled to begin with, or was he made this way since, you know, birth? With these yeah, well, women. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think he's probably normal. Or <laughs> biologically normal. I think that he's been psychologically forced in this. And I do think with some therapy and, and you know, the ability to grow, he can become a normal, <laughs> normal in quotes, person. But at least one that has agency over their own existence and yeah. can function, sort of a function in an adult setting. Uh, Which also makes Anne even worse, because she argues for his agency earlier in the film. And then keeps it from him, yeah. Yeah. Like, he belongs to himself, and then he belongs to me. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing was... The whole thing was a setup, obviously. Yeah, since the beginning. This was her plan all along. And of course, Anne thinks that, oh, I'm being a kinder and gentler parent, and... Just fucking locks him in a closet. Yeah. I guess that beats the cattle prod. I don't know. It's a weird fucking movie. I think they're equal. Yeah, I think... Isolation therapy is just as bad. Well, not even therapy. Punishment. I think think the idea is to show them that... Show that they are two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And it is a bizarre movie. It's a a bizarre movie. It's a good movie. But a competently done bizarre movie. Yeah. Um, Anything else to say on it? Uh, I like that it was a... it was a tight 90. Uh, didn't need to go on any longer than that. Not like our bonus feature? <sighs> yeah. That's, our bonus feature is a bit lengthy. Yeah. That'll probably be a longer episode. This episode ended up being rather rather brief. I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about here other than the, the kind of quirks of the oddness that they have these like salacious scenes that were <laughs> seem like they would be very shocking, and then they're just kind of blase about it that's the only thing other than that i mean there's nothing else to say on a technical level it's good it's acted well it's shot well it's got a good score they've got a bit of a twist ending but i think it it makes sense you know given the characters involved once you go back through the whole thing and look at it from beginning to end i mean it's competent yeah it's a well done film i mean it is definitely exploitive yeah i mean it, I would, yeah, it's not not like a high on my list of films to rewatch again. But I, if someone like man, I really want to watch the baby. Will you sit and watch? Man, yeah, sure. Why not? I've seen it. It's all right. I have no plans to rewatch it anytime soon. Yeah, but if someone were interested in watching it with me, I would. I wouldn't be like, oh God, no, please. But our bonus episode for this this Mother's Day weekend is um, nothing other than Mommy Dearest. Yeah, I. Um... Let's see if I can actually get my thoughts straight for this one. But I was talking to a coworker today about like, oh, I'm recording tonight. It's you know we're doing the Mother's Day, and she just goes, oh, you're doing Mommy Dearest. I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> but that, yeah. that 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 was her go-to. Yeah, I guess that's the one you think of, right? Yeah, it's gonna make ne- next Mother's Day really weird. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's other movies that we can do. But yes, this is uh. Well, remember uh, last year we did a uh, Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Like a couple oh, yeah. weeks after Mother's Day, 
Yeah, um, well, I mean, you could argue, I mean, we already did it, obviously, but Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, yeah. But, I mean, there's still plenty that could be possible for Mother's Day in the future, since we're right out the gate with the baby and mommy dearest. I mean, mommy issues are something that have that have been tackled in, in many movies over the years. <laughs> so that was our episode of The Baby. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us there. If you like what we do, leave a review. Let others know. Help get the word out. For more our episodes, check out our website, exploititpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Podcast Exploit. Or contact us at exploititpodcast at gmail.com. The next week, we're looking at the work of Mr. Anderson. Not Paul Thomas Anderson. That's not appropriate for the show. A different a different Mr. Anderson. Hey, yes. Mr. Paul W.S. Anderson. Paul W.S. Anderson. So we will catch you then. Uh-huh.